In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is an incredible story of human drama and the supernatural divine intervention. The combination with its intriguing characters produced a story that we believe and celebrate and base our eternal life on 2,000 years later. It's incredible. What has caused us to hold such value to these truths? The answer is faith. Faith in a written, bound-up book that is the living word of God. In Luke, the story begins with a girl named Mary, who is around 14, a Jewish girl, undoubtedly heard about the Messiah coming from a virgin. In Isaiah 7, 14, she probably heard it many times. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be with child and bear a son, and she will call him Emmanuel, God with us. I'm sure all the girls at that age talked about this and wondered, are you going to be that girl? Well, one night Gabriel came, the angel of God, and said to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call him Jesus. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus had a human mother, but he had a divine father. A human egg and a sperm full of the DNA of God, God himself, produced a fully human and a fully God-man. Jesus, as a human, had a beginning. As a divine person, he had no beginning. We saw that in John. Jesus was both creator and creation. It's an incredible claim. He existed long before he was born, but he was not known by the name of Jesus until he was born a child man because it was given to him for his supreme test upon the earth to deliver his people from all their sins. Jesus, the name means God saves. Jesus chose to be born. Did you choose to be born? Did you have any say in it at all? No, I didn't either. <laughs> but Jesus did. He chose to be born. He chose humble parents. He chose a very humble surrounding around his birth, laying in a cow trawl among animals. And we go to Philippians chapter 2. And we see exactly what happened from heaven to earth in the story of Jesus. It's amazing. And it starts in 5. 
Let this mind be in you, which also is in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of man. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at every name, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what Jesus did for each and every one of us. He, he chose to be born a human. He chose to be born a servant. And then he chose to die for you and I. And when he ascended into heaven, he was still the God-man. He became like us for all of eternity. Jesus, who ate and walked and talked with his disciples and many others after the resurrection for over 40 days, was now going to return to his father. And in Acts 1, we see in verse 9, after he had told them about the Holy Spirit coming, and now when he had spoken these things, Jesus, while they watched the disciples, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of his sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, beholding, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Jesus is sitting as a human being at the right hand of the Father right now. He did not go back to heaven the way he left. That's an amazing thing to ponder, to know that Jesus did that for us. In Hebrews 7, the whole chapter talks about Jesus, and it says that he continues forever as an unchangeable priesthood, able to save to the uttermost, ever making intercession for us. He is our high priest, holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, offered himself up once, not continually as in some religions, but once for all as the perfect sacrifice. He is seated at the right hand of the throne of his father right now, ever making intercession for you and I. So we have a high priest in heaven who understands our weaknesses because he is still a man who was tempted in all ways and yet sinned not. He is our pioneer. He's the first fruits. He's the first human being lifted high. And he has done that so one day you and I could do the same.
Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're redeemed by his blood with a glorified body. We will yet to get in ruling and reigning with Jesus. That is our future. Are you getting ready? <laughs> Just like the book said, what are you doing? What are you doing while you're waiting? These are some great questions to think about and ponder in your heart. Why was Jesus so willing to become a part of his creation? John 6:38 answers it so well. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. What is the Father's will? Let's all say it, John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish but have everlasting life. That is the will of the Father for each and every person that he gave breath to. He doesn't want anyone to perish. And he goes on to say in 2 Peter 3, 4, he says he is patient with us, not wanting anyone destroyed, but everyone to come to repentance. So his birth brought God to us. God Emmanuel, God living among us, and Jesus' death brings us back to God. Hallelujah. The Christian message is a never-ending story. And it is twofold. It is a human story and it is a divine story. It is a human cooperating with the supernatural. Jesus said in John 3, 3, you must be born again of the spirit and water. God the Father gave each one of us breath in our bodies. That life came from him. But we get to choose whether we want his divine life in us. And that is a choice every human being has while they yet have breath in their bodies. That choice starts up, starts off with repentance. And in Acts 2.38, it says, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I, see, I hear so many people saying, America needs revival. And I say, America needs repentance. There is no revival without repentance. And that repentance starts as an individual thing we do in our own hearts, in our own personal walk with the Lord. Matthew 4.17, Jesus says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the first step of this Christmas message. The second is believe. Believe what? Well, Romans 10, 9 and 10 says it great. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe it from your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. It is a hard issue. It's always a hard issue with God. There's many who confess Jesus 
as Lord and Savior. And the Bible says their heart is far from the Lord. Believing the right thing is super important. And the right thing is the infallible truth on the earth today, which is the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. You know, there's many religions out there. And I was brought up with one religion that said a certain man was infallible. Seriously, I mean, I'm very serious. I was brought up that way. But there is only one man who is infallible. And it's not the Pope. (laughs) It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the truth. He doesn't point us to truth. He is the truth. He is truth in, 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 uh, in sonified. Am I saying that right? He is truth. He is the way. He's the only way. He's the only door. And he is the life. He's eternal life. He's what you're looking for. You don't have to go any further than Jesus. He's everything. He's everything we need. Amen. You have to know what to believe and believe correctly. Number three is to be baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. And again, in Acts 2.38, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Why is it important to be baptized in water? Number one, because the word says to. Number two, because Jesus did. And because number three, it's a witness that you give from something that you did in your heart. And why wouldn't you? Being baptized in water is so important, but being baptized in the Holy Spirit is equally important. Jesus was baptized in the Holy Spirit. The dove came upon him and anointed him with the power of the Holy Spirit. He never started his ministry until that happened. Do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I would think yes. And it's not a one-time act. It's a filling of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's a filling of the Spirit. We wouldn't think anything of going a, a, a week or two without filling our car up. Why? Because you use it. Right? So when you use the gas up in your car, you fill that car up because you know you're not going anywhere without that gas. It's no different than being filled up with the Holy Spirit. We use the Holy Spirit. We're out and about doing good, healing the sick, um, helping people get delivered of problems. You're depleting the Holy Spirit every time you give out. That's why you lift your hands and ask the, the, the baptizer of the Holy Spirit, who is Jesus Christ himself, to fill you afresh and anew. Amen? can do it all the time, anytime. So be baptized in water and in the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18 says, be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And then receive. John 1.12 says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Responding to the truth when you hear it is so important. 
The Bible says, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Be quick to obey. Listen to the voice of the Spirit and obey. Don't let your flesh, don't let your your stinking thinking, don't let traditions of men keep you from responding and receiving everything the Lord has for you. Quite often your past will keep you from responding to everything God has for you. As far as God the Father is concerned, if you've repented, it's under the blood. It no longer exists. Don't let it dictate your present and future. Amen? Praise God. How will this help you in your walk with God? Acts 10.38 How God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And that anointing and power came from the Father. And what did it produce? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And Jesus is our example. This is exactly what God the Father wants each and every one of us to do, to go about doing good knowing that you've given, been given the power and authority to lay hands on the sick and see them recover and let the oppressed go free and be delivered. Amen? How many of you know and are aware that things are kind of falling apart in the world? Are you aware of that? Splintering, groaning, moaning. In these days, the Lord is nudging every one of us as a child of God to separate ourselves from the world system and the love of it and to come into a real relationship with him, the Father, and his son, Jesus, and with one another. One another. One thing we do in this church that we love so much is one way we love God, one way we prove we love God is by loving one another. It's beautiful. You know, John the Baptist said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, when they came to want to be baptized, he said, bring proof for your repentance. Bring proof for your change of life. There's something to be said about that. You know, if we say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a lot of times it's, I'm sorry I got caught. But when you have true repentance in your life, there will be a change of thinking, a change of heart, and a change of what you do. There'll be proof to your repentance. There'll be change. The Lord is wanting us to put our lives in divine order First in our hearts, in our thinking, putting away childish things, things that we're holding on that weighed us down and sins that so easily beset us, traditions of men, things that are not bearing fruit in our life, weighing us down. And it is a process, and we need strength of character and the power of the Holy Spirit, and we need one another through accountability 
transparency, real relationships to see us through. As the last few days of this year come to a close and we face the new year, we are to face it fearlessly because Christ is in us, the hope of glory, our blessed hope. All the promises of God in the Bible are yes and amen to you and I as children of God. <clears throat> Our steps have divine order. And he will continue to walk, to work his divine will in each one of us. That's a promise from the Lord. So be focused on what Jesus is doing in you. Be focused on what he's doing in your loved ones in your sphere of influence, who you have accountability with and who you have responsibility for. John, will you come up, please? Where are you? As we look forward into 2022, let's step into a place where Jesus becomes much, much bigger for each and every one of us. And that we have time to sit at his feet and ask him questions. Do you know he wants to answer you? He See, relationship is a two-way street. It's communication. It's not just one way. And your Lord and Savior longs to have a communication with you and talk with you. Tonight is, as every night, and as every moment of every day, it's a special time and an opportunity to be in front of the Lord and allow him to minister to your heart. If tonight God has spoken to you about change, about rearranging anything in your life, maybe even becoming born again, maybe baptized in the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need healing tonight. Jesus is the express image of the Father, and the Father is a great gift giver. And he longs to give you gifts. Don't leave anything on the table. Just receive and embrace it all from the Lord. He loves you so much. If he has spoken to you tonight, you can stay right where you are and receive from the Lord what you need. But if you want to bear witness and have accountability, you can come up to the altar tonight. If there's anyone here tonight that really wants to receive Jesus, repent of your sins and become born again and know that you have eternal life in you, tonight's your night. You didn't come here by chance. So come. You're welcome to come. If anyone needs healing, the healing power of Jesus is in the house tonight. He's here with us. Do you sense his presence? If anyone wants to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come forward and receive it. The altar is open for anyone tonight. Father, we just thank you for the presence of your son, Jesus. We give you all the praise and all the glory for who you are in our lives and what you're doing. Father, we are clay in your hands. 
You are the master of our soul and spirit. We yield and surrender and submit to you tonight. It is a holy night, but every moment with you is holy. You are a holy God, a God that we honor and give glory to. What an incredible thing you did for us, Jesus, leaving all of heaven and putting on flesh and walking among us and suffering and dying on a cross, a shameful death, so that we could live for all of eternity with your Father and now our Father. There are not words to express our gratitude to you for this. The only thing we can do as we wait for your return, because you truly are the Alpha and Omega, and you truly are coming back, is to bless you with a righteous life, a life that is pleasing to your Father, a life that honors you, Jesus, and glorifies you. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to help us to live a, a righteous life here in the flesh on the earth in a very evil and perverse world with an enemy that hates us. But thank you, Jesus, that you did come and you gave us power and authority over all the works of the enemy. And that enemy is under our feet. And we can say no because of that power and anointing that you have given each one of us as children of the Most High God. Oh, we're so grateful tonight, Lord. And we celebrate, Jesus, that you had a beginning so that we can have an end with our Father. So we celebrate you tonight, and we thank you. We bless you. We give you all the glory and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And it truly is a night divine. Praise the Lord. I received a card and it said, in a moment, everything changed. And that's true with Jesus and our life as well. Jesus Christ, he made each star and galaxy. His birth fulfilled each prophecy. His power made the blind to see. His sacrifice set people free. His resurrection proved to be the turning point of history. Glory to God. Well, thank you all for coming out tonight, this beautiful night that we got to share together as family. I forgot two things, or actually one thing, is our mission uh, offering. And there'll be a basket in the back and if you've had that ready, if you wouldn't mind putting that in the basket as you go. Also, Debbie wanted to mention there's Christmas cards for everyone. And she is back there passing them out. So don't leave before you get those. All right. So slowly leave, in other words. And have a very blessed, holy 
Christmas Eve tonight with your beautiful family. God bless you all. Good evening, everyone. Merry Christmas Eve. So happy that you're all here tonight. Thank you so much for coming to this family event. I'd like to encourage you tonight in our time of worship. And every time we get together, the word says two or three gathered together. There I am in the midst of them. So welcome, Jesus. Amen. He's here tonight with us. He's celebrating right along with us. In Psalms 8, it says, O Lord, O Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who have, who have set your glory above all the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider the heavens and the work of your fingers, the moons and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than all the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. O oh Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. We will praise you, O oh Lord, with our whole heart and tell of your marvelous works. We'll be glad and rejoice in you and praise your name, O oh Most High. Well, let's stand together as family tonight and let's do that very thing. Let's praise the Lord because he is worthy of it. Amen. Jesus, we do adore you tonight. We worship you and praise you and lift you up. We're so thankful for your faithfulness and obedience to your Father to come, empty yourself of all of that divinity and come and live among us. Emmanuel, Jesus, we thank you so much. We give you all the glory and praise tonight. Well, one way we love God and thank him for what he did is by loving one another. So reach out to someone next to you and tell them how glad that you're here tonight. What a beautiful night to get together as family. It's so great to see everyone here tonight. Praise the Lord. Who do we have new for the first time? Anyone? You lift your hand so we can bless you and... The ushers have something for you. Yes? Lori, is that your... Who is that? Okay. So, all right. Not new. <laughs>
Glad to have you. Praise the Lord. There is no bulletin tonight, so the only thing I have to tell you that would be in the bulletin is we have church next Saturday, which is January 1st. So next Saturday we have church, regular time. Anything to do with the youth? Anything we need to know? The 31st. And they'll get details soon. Okay. Praise the Lord. This is a regular service for us, even though it's Christmas Eve. So thank you so much for coming out. And I would like to encourage you in your tithing tonight. And we're going to look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Something pretty, um, the Lord really showed me something today that I'm going to share with you. I thought was so interesting. But he says here, 2 Corinthians 9, 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand, which you had previously promised, that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as a grudging obligation. I thought that was interesting. And I want to say this. Don't ever give on an obligation. And don't ever give on a mere habit. Think, think about that. It's Saturday night. The basket goes by. You mindlessly put something in it. Why? Why does God not want us to give on, our, on an obligation or habit? Because in Hebrews 11.1 1, it says, Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Your tithes and offerings are like seeds that you plant in a ground. You literally can plant yourself into prosperity. When you plant in faith in God's kingdom, he is the Lord of the harvest and he knows how to provide for you. But always give in faith because without faith, it is impossible to please him. So no matter what you're putting in there, no matter if you didn't think about it beforehand or if you did think about it beforehand, give in faith, faith believing that there will be a harvest off your planting. Amen? Now let's go on and read what it says in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That's super great. That you always having all sufficiency in all things. Wow. May have an abundance for every good work. What a great promise from the Lord. Now, may he who supplies seed to the sower, isn't that great? He supplies the seed and bread for your food, supplies and multiplies your seed. He's the Lord of the harvest. He multiplies the seed that you have sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness. It's way past money with God. He wants the fruits of your righteousness to be increased as well. While you are enriched in everything for all liberty, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Now, something happened this morning. I got a phone call, and it was my daughter-in-law from North Carolina, and my little four-year-old, um, Anna Sophia, had opened up a present for me. And what it was, was an outfit for American Girl Doll. And it had earmuffs and a jacket and pink boots. 
and it was really cool looking. And she was like out of her mind excited, jumping up and down, twirling, uh, words coming out of her mouth. Thank you, Nana. Thank you, Nana. I must have heard it a hundred times. I'm a bit exaggerating, but thank you, Nana. Thank you, Nana. She was so excited about this gift that it made me weep. I actually got tears in my eyes that she would love something that I gave her so much. And I saw something in the spirit at that moment of how the father feels when he gives us gifts and we receive it with great thanksgiving. And, of course, I thought more upon that because tomorrow's Christmas and there's going to be a lot of gifts given and some may not be up to your expectation. And some might not be under the tree. But every good gift and every perfect gift comes from the Father and is to be received with great thanksgiving. The last verse is this. For the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgiving to God. And then I wrote this down. It was from the Lord. Giving and receiving exposes the heart. Think about that. Timothy says in the last days, among the whole list of things that will be upon the earth, unthankfulness is right in that phrase. So let's be not only good givers, but let's be good receivers. Amen? Praise the Lord. So, ushers, if you're up and you can pass the baskets, that would be wonderful. And I hope you have your, your tithes and your offerings ready. And also, this is Mission Sunday or Mission Saturday. And we're going to receive the mission offering, which is the last Saturday of the month um, after, after a reading of a book. So if you want to prepare for that, you can as well. But as we pass the baskets to receive the offering unto the Lord, so you're giving to the Lord, um, he sees that and he does what he just said in 2 Corinthians. He increases your, what is sown tonight. It's his job to increase for you. It's your job to sow the seed. Amen. Father, we do thank you for this opportunity to give. And we seize it. We embrace it. We say yay to the opportunity to give to you. Because we know your word. Give and it shall be given. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Shall men give into your bosom. It positions our, ourselves into a place of receiving from you, Father. So thank you for the increase on this giving and this offering tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank you for your obedience to give to the Lord. So we've got something for the kids tonight, right? Can we have all the children up here?
So kids, come on up here. So everybody come around and sit down. I'm going to read a really cool book to you tonight. I think you'll be really surprised <laughs> at it. Hi. So glad that you're all here. And we, um, Miss Debbie has a gift for you after this. So isn't that exciting? Jesus and the very big surprise. Can everybody see this book? All right, listen to all the words, okay? They're really great. Jesus always surprises everybody. Even though he is the maker of all the planets and the galaxies and the universe, surprise! He became, he came to earth as a what? A little baby boy. And even though he is the king of kings, he, he wasn't born in a big, beautiful, plush palace. Instead, surprise, he was born in a what? A little stable where the smelly animals lived. When Jesus grew up and started preaching and teaching, he surprised the people all the time. One of his very favorite ways to surprise the people was to tell them stories about what his father was like. Some people thought God was always angry. Can you imagine that? Some people thought God was a trickster who liked to make bad things happen. And some people thought God didn't care about them at all. Mm. Of course, Jesus knew exactly what his father was like. So he told a story about God's love in a, in a way that would surprise everybody, including you. You ready? Jesus' story is called The Servant Who Waited. Jesus told a story about servants waiting for their big fancy master to come home from a great big wedding. Look at all the servants here, and here's the master and his horse and buggy. He's off, he's off to go to the wedding. And it was their job to watch and wait. With candles burning bright, the servants had to be ready for the moment the master would return. But that isn't easy. Is waiting easy? Who's been waiting for Christmas presents? Oh, it's been hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to wait. And you know, the servants, they were waiting for their master to come back, and they said it wasn't easy either. When the master's away, the servants, though, kept very busy. There were dishes to wash. Does anybody wash dishes? Yeah. Well, there was animals to feed. Anybody feed chickens and cows and things like that? Yep. And clothes to clean. Lots of that going on. And pipe organs to polish. Wow, that's a big one. And when all that work is done, the servants still need to be ready. When the master comes home, they will serve him a midnight snack, fluff his pillow, bring him his best robe, and read him a bedtime story. 
what do they do? They have their eyes on him and they're thinking about him even though he's not there, right? But until then, they wait and wait and wait until, da-da-da-da, what do you see? Finally, the master returns, but the servants are in for a big, big surprise. (gasps) What do you think the surprise is? That all these servants who've been busy and waiting for their master to come back, what do you think the surprise is? (gasps) The master gets on his knees and he said, come and rest. You must be tired from waiting up for me. Come and sit down at my table and I will serve you. I know what you need. In Jesus' story, the master loves his servants so much that he puts servants' clothes on and he serves them instead. What kind of master would like be like that? What kind of God would choose to be a servant? Surprise! Who is it? Jesus. Jesus would. He is the great master who serves. Like the master in the story, Jesus surprised everyone by using his power to serve. But Jesus still had one more big surprise. He suffered. He died on the cross so that we could live for him with him forever. And then he surprised us again because he came alive after three days. Then he went back to his father in heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to stay with us until he returns. No one knows the day or hour when Jesus will return. It could be any minute. And just like that, servant in his story, we have plenty to do while we wait. There are hungry people to serve, like at Sitgate, right? Right? There are lonely people to care for. There's friends to share with. And there's enemies to forgive. What does everybody need? Forgiveness. God. And God, yes. Absolutely. And it all begins with loving Jesus, the great master who serves. He knows what we need because he is what we need. So get ready. The master is coming. The end. What did you think about this story? Did you like it? What did, what do you think about it? What What's an important thing about this book? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. What else? Anybody else? Yes? The servants. The servants. What did they do? Care for people. Care for people. Who are they waiting for? Master. The master. 
And while they were waiting, what were they doing? Working. Working. They were keeping busy, weren't they? Well, Jesus is just full of surprises, isn't he? And we have great surprises ahead of us. So, Miss Debbie, where are you? Look at this. We She has a gift for you tonight. And make sure you say thank you. <laughs> uh, what do you say? Yes. Wow. Wasn't that a nice surprise? Not really. They get them every year. They'd be disappointed. I still think it's a nice surprise, okay. Miss Debbie. Maybe not a surprise. <laughs> Who wants to be a child tonight? <laughs> she has more in that basket. All right, you can all look at, we have something more that we're going to talk about tonight. Can I have listening ears of everybody? Yes. You want to go sit back with your mom and dads? All right. Thank you so much for coming up and being such great listeners. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The next generation of believers, right? <laughs>